You're listening to a podcast from the Tudor Institute Ireland Conference. The seventh annual Tudor Institute Ireland Interdisciplinary Conference took place at NUI Galway in August 2017. The conference was generously supported by the College of Arts, Social Sciences and Celtic Studies at NUI Galway, the School of Humanities at NUI Galway, the Moore Institute at NUI Galway, the Disciplines of History and English at NUI Galway, the Women's History Association of Ireland and Marsh's Library. As in previous years, the majority of papers were recorded for podcasting by Real Smart Media, in association with UCD's History Hub. There are now more than 180 podcasts from previous Tudor and Stuart Ireland conferences freely available. To access this archive, go to historyhub.ie forward slash podcasts or visit tudorstuartireland.com. In this episode, a recording of a paper by Dr. Benjamin Hazard from University College Dublin. His paper was entitled Irish Franciscans of the Santiago Province in Spain. Thank you very much. Um, I'd just like to begin by thanking the organisers for inviting me to contribute. Um, the following paper attempts to explain why Irish friars joined the Franciscan province of Santiago in Spain during the 16th and 17th centuries. Apart from isolated references made by Pathos and Downey, little has hitherto been done on this subject. For the Tudor and Stuart period, hardly any written testimony relates to the recruitment of mendicant friars from Ireland and the experience of individual friars up to and including their ordination. Religious orders on the continent did gather petitions of candidates who wrote to their superiors explaining their calling to early modern missions. These writings helped to refresh the sense of vocation in older confreres, but many such records are no longer extant. As shown by the map, the Franciscan province of Santiago occupied the northwestern part of the Iberian Peninsula. Until the end of the 15th century, it also included the Kingdom of Portugal and the region of Extremadura until the mid-16th century. This helps to explain the extent of the province from the north coast to Salamanca, thereby including Galicia, Asturias and León. The province was organised into seven custodia, or regions. This geography meant that when exiles from Ireland sailed to Spain, they often reached land in the Santiago province of the Franciscan order. Irish friars also joined other provinces on the continent during this period, such as Cantabria, further east, Andalusia in the south, and Naples in Italy. By the start of the 16th century, the observant Franciscan Cardinal Cisneros had implemented extensive reforms of monasteries and religious houses, encouraged new educational initiatives, and funded the publication of devotional literature. He was supported in his efforts by the Catholic kings Ferdinand and Isabel. With their help, the Friars Minor launched successive missionary expeditions to the New World and continued to regard Spain itself as mission territory in the late 16th century. The wording of letters written by Irish friars trained in Salamanca clearly reflects this influence. The observants, the observant Franciscans, were therefore well entrenched and pastorally active in the Iberian Peninsula. 
Meanwhile, Philip II extended his authority over the regular clergy by supporting the observance, suppressing the conventuals and preventing the Capuchin friars from establishing themselves. This gave the observance room to expand and flourish. The renewal that this generated caused competition between the existing religious orders and gave free reign to evangelical activity. The significance of Santiago de Compostela as a place of pilgrimage was well known in Ireland. Although scarce, documentation from the 1590s until the 1670s identifies more than 20 Irish friars in the Santiago province. The numbers are concentrated most in the 25 years to 1616, by which time the Irish Franciscan province had begun to recover. These friars shared in the daily activities of their counterparts in the Santiago province. They subsequently maintained regular contact with one another. In 1604, for instance, Flattery O'Moyle Conrad helped Thomas Fitzgerald to obtain funds for a chalice and mass vestments. Both were members of the Santiago province. The appearance of Irish names and surnames occurred at a time when extensive resources were available for religious causes in Habsburg, Spain. Fortunately for the Franciscans, this coincided with Tudor and Stuart times. A hiatus in the numbers occurs from the late 1640s until 1679, by which time the Irish province had to contend with serious internal divisions. As with the 1590s and the early 1600s, this may have created a need for assistance from the Santiago province. The evidence suggests that an exception was made for Irish friars within the Santiago province because its membership was otherwise limited to entrance from Spain. Irish Franciscans regarded such support as a temporary measure until such time as renewal of the Irish province could take place. The best illustration of this point, and one which I shall return to before the end of the paper, was St Anthony's College in Leuven, where the original contingent included Irish friars incorporated from the province of Santiago. According to a report of 1605, the journey from Ireland to Spain took three days on open seas in good weather. And to shelter from Atlantic waves, ships made intervening calls at French ports. Discomforts such as seasickness were difficult to reduce and the rigours of travelling on a rough sea were perhaps more familiar then than now. With this in mind, 16th century priests compared the experience of a sea voyage to studies for the novitiate. Clothed in the Franciscan habit, friars of the Santiago province maintained a visible presence in three university towns, and they were Salamanca, Santiago and Oviedo, all on the map. Beyond its geographical area in Spain, the province occasionally sent friars to study at Alcalá, south of Madrid. Early modern friars regarded the Irish province as a daughter province of Santiago.
In his 1587 History of the Order, Gonzaga wrote that St. Francis sent one of his followers from Santiago to establish communities in Ireland in 1214. When recording the origins of the Yawl Friary, Luke Wadding referred to historical sources by his confreres Francis Matthews, who agreed with Gonzaga, and Donatus Mooney, who did not. Wadding judiciously avoided taking sides. In recent decades, historians have established that the emergence of Irish Franciscan friaries began in Dublin and stemmed from their counterparts in England. The idea of the Irish province being a daughter province of Santiago may have held more appeal in early modern Ireland because of the religious unrest of Tudor and Stuart times. In addition, however, it appears that Gonzaga intended his claim to be a clarion call, a clarion call that would encourage aspirants from Ireland to join the Santiago province of Friars Minor. The decision that many Irish friars took to join the Santiago province can be attributed to its influence in Salamanca. On joining, the friars were exempt from fees because their tuition was supplied by the Franciscans. Each province contributed to the sustenance of its students, with the Franciscan province of Santiago providing access to the friaries, library and free lodgings. The care of books was assigned to novices, who cleaned, repaired and rebound volumes in the library. In certain cases, the example of specific friars proved crucial to securing aspirants for mendicant orders. Friars who had already joined their respective orders could help recruit others, but the rule forbade friars from receiving candidates into the order themselves. On the other hand, friars were also forbidden from hindering a suitable candidate from proceeding. The responsibility was, therefore, in the hands of the local minister-provincial who could delegate the responsibility to the guardians of specific friaries. In the last quarter of the 16th century, about 120 Franciscans dwelt at the Salamanca Friary. Superiors of the Santiago province made every effort to maintain these numbers. The Salamanca Friary maintained strict Franciscan observance and set high standards for its entrance. Omar Conrad, as referred to earlier, and 11 of his contemporaries, including A. McCangle, were raised to the episcopacy in later years. According to Wadding, this was unprecedented in the history of the order and it was unlikely ever to repeat itself. At Salamanca, Mateo de Oviedo and others seem to have established a precedent for welcoming Irish recruits into the province of Santiago. Oviedo was one of the Scotists at the Friary in the 1590s. Aside from a contemporary taste for scholasticism, Scotus had a special significance for Irish friars who regarded him as an Irishman. In 1593, shortly before Flachrigo Mulconra and Eamon Cangal joined the novitiate at Salamanca, the Franciscans named Scotus Doctor of the Order. This further consolidated the authority of Scotism at Salamanca, where by the end of that century, 
there was a chair in Scotus theology at the university. Mateo de Oviedo had served as a novice master and confessor with the Santiago province. Born at Segovia, he first moved to Salamanca to complete his studies in law, frequenting the Franciscan friary before he took the habit there in 1562. Following courses in theology, he was sent to Ireland on three separate occasions by the papacy and Philip II. After taking his oath at the University of Salamanca on the 18th of December 1583, Oviedo became guardian at Santiago de Compostela. Here he professed friars every year from 1584 to 1588. The friary was a short distance from the cathedral, which welcomed pilgrims to venerate the relics of the Apostle James. Whilst at Santiago, Oviedo was named Archbishop of Dublin by the papacy on the 31st of May 1599. He was consecrated almost 12 months later on the 5th of May before being given the pallium for the archdiocese on the 21st of May 1601. In the Franciscan mind, the image of a crumbling church is associated with the chapel at San Damiano and the Basilica of St. John Lateran. To find one final answer as to why people like Flachium O'Connor, A. McCangle and Luke Wadding became Franciscans, we need only look at what they did once they had joined the friars. The Irish Franciscan province did continue to recruit but in smaller numbers. Prominent examples include Donatus Mooney and Maurice Dunleavy. In 1605, Omar Conrad explained that due to the recent loss of five houses, the Irish province had become scattered and that the number of friars was severely depleted. A year later, to remedy the problem, Omar Conrad was elected Minister Provincial of the Irish Friars Minor at the general chapter in Toledo. Soon after his appointment, he started on founding a new college. At that new college, the backbone of the teaching faculty consisted of Irish friars sent from Salamanca to Leuven. For the most part, they were drawn from the province of Santiago, such as A. Ward and A. McCangle. A notable exception was the theologian, Robert Chamberlain of County Louth. He was already ordained a priest for the Diocese of Armagh and conferred with his doctorate at Salamanca and was 40 when he joined the Irish Franciscan province in 1610. The links between the Irish Franciscans and the Friars of Santiago reflected the universality of the order and contributed to its furtherance. From the early 1590s, this reciprocal arrangement helped to sustain the Friars Minor of the province of Ireland. In the absence of unequivocal answers as to why Omar Conrad and his contemporaries became Friars, the purpose of this paper is to make deductions and inferences. Each Friar's motives were unique. That said, whilst not trying to adhere to a preconceived pattern, several factors were instrumental. Amongst these rested the candidate's experience of life before joining the friars, the dynamic presence 
of the province of Santiago and the beneficial influence of friars of their own generation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Tudor and Stuart Ireland conference podcast. If you would like to access the archive of more than 180 podcasts from previous Tudor and Stuart Ireland conferences, please go to historyhub.ie forward slash podcasts. All podcasts are freely available on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on the annual Tudor and Stuart Ireland Interdisciplinary Conference, visit the conference website at tudorstuartireland.com.